Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Chuck. Now brought to you by the Internet News Network, Screenworks Entertainment, Atlanta Mix 108, Smooth Jazz Cleveland, and of course, Dove and Dragon Radio. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button down below and join me for all the new interviews. Bye. Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Wushak. I'm here with Denise Turney. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and I appreciate you uh, allowing me to be on your show and connect with your listeners. Of course. Now, I see you have several books out. So which one came first? Portia actually is my first book and it, it was published in August of 1998. And it's an inspirational story as, of a successful defense attorney who's dealing with uh, breast cancer. And it's, it's set in Chicago. Her, her father was active in the civil rights movement. Her mother is a, a very uh, unique, effective school teacher. There was actually a school teacher from Chicago, Marva Collins, who a movie was uh, based on her over probably 15 years ago. But she took kids who were, they thought they were retarded. And when she got through working with them, some of the IQ, Cues were at the genius level, and they went on to do exceptionally well. So Portia's um, mother is sort of like a Marva Collins, mm -hmm. and she's coming out of an abusive relationship. She goes to a newspaper annual Christmas event and meets the love of her life, and soon afterwards, uh, through her annual doctor's um, checkup, she finds out she has breast cancer. And this is a story about how she uses her faith, her family, and the love of, of the, her, her soulmate to deal with breast cancer. It's actually an uplifting, inspiring book for people who, who have read it. Well, we need a lot of things that are ups, uplifting and inspiring. And it goes through so many different tiers when you start peeling back layers of the story. It's not just, hey, ABC. No, there's little tippets everywhere throughout the story. It's not just a story. But when you start going through things, yes, you have breast cancer. Yes, you have this mindset of a negative. But what? how do you deal with the negative? Yes. How do you overcome? And like this time, you know, uh, this is a challenging time for almost everybody in the world. And it seems like it's a very, it's, it seems like it's a time of uncertainty. But as I was telling someone the other day, we've never known what was coming next. No. We, We've always just had this illusion that tomorrow would be mostly like today. And that gets some people down because they want to change and they think tomorrow's going to be like today. It's going to be the same things I don't want. And some people think I like today and tomorrow will be the same. And we all get our surprises <laughs> as Portia did and have to learn. Yes. I, we can, I tell people all the time tomorrow's not promised. You have to live today for today. Make today the best day you ever had. 
if you look at it as tomorrow is going to be the same thing, well, no, we have, well, right now we have COVID. Yes. <laughs> Who's to say tomorrow I might not wake up with COVID or, you know, I might wake up tomorrow and not be able to get out of bed. Who's to say that's going to happen? This is true. And so, but we do have the illusion most times, I think that yeah. we know, we know what's coming. And when we, when we reach, when we come into big times of uncertainty, we really get, a lot of people get uh, very anxious, very anxious, but it's an illusion that we ever did know yeah. what's coming next. We like our illusions. We like our smoke yes. and mirrors. <laughs> we do. We have those everywhere. So, um, love pour over me is your latest. Am I lo looking at this? That is correct. That is correct. That is that is my latest story, and it actually is set in Dayton, Ohio, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it's, it tells Raymond Clark's story. And Raymond's mother—he's an only child. His mother walked out, and she w just went into a relationship with another man. Uh, when he was only two years old, which is uncommon, but that does happen. Mm -hmm. So Raymond's father, who has untreated alcoholism, he he's very, very mean and abusive to, to Raymond, um, but he takes care of him. So there's this like, uh, this, I don't know, not a, a conflict, but the, his mother left. It was his father who was mean to him, who actually did raise him who did go to work, who did make sure at, at two years old up that Raymond made it all the way to adulthood. But he is a, uh, he's a track phenom and he's on his way to the Olympics, but, and he's also academically very talented. Women love Raymond. Women, women who read up over me, they tell me how much they love Raymond and they wish every guy was like Raymond. But his childhood, uh, the trauma he's experienced, it is, it has, done its work. It's left its impact on him. So when he heads off to college, it is there that he meets the love of his life, who is Brenda. But he also meets four friends. One of his friends is from Italy. Uh, they, they come from all over the world. And, and, and then one of his friends is from the United States, and he goes on to do well in the NFL. But they, they build this bond of friendship. They just like accidentally run into each other. They build this bond of friendship that lasts their entire lives. And I rarely see stories where they show uh, men who have these bonds that they stick together no matter what. I actually worked uh, when I was in New York on Sixth Avenue. There was a guy, he and his college friends would get together once or twice a year, and they had been doing that for over 30 years. So that's the type of friendship Raymond develops with these guys he meets at college. But, and so in between his complicated relationship with Brenda because of his childhood trauma, um, and, and it's, it has a happy ending, I won't say what it is, but there is one of his friends, and this happens when Raymond first gets to college in Philadelphia. One of his, he, he witnesses a murder. One of his friends is, is involved. I'm not going to say how involved he is, mm -hmm. but that is like a mystery and it it shadows and haunts raymond throughout the most of the story but it's a it's a it's a 
it's a love story. It's also a story about a complicated father-son relationship and these five male friends that nothing can break this bond that they have. Right. You don't want to write a story that's just a simple Hallmark movie where you know what's going to happen before it happens. You want to write a story that leaves the readers wanting more, and mm -hmm. but it also develops the character that you're writing about when you have multiple layers. Yes, yeah. And you know, you like complicated characters, like we're complicated. It takes work to develop those type of multifaceted characters where there, there's no character who you just completely dislike. Although I will tell you readers at the start of the story, they do not like Raymond's father. They called him cuss words. <laughs> I got emails. I said, oh my gosh, they really don't like him. Mm -hmm. But I, it is my hope that by the end of the story, they will see, you know, his humanity and some kindness in him to go from that, that deep, deep, almost hatred of his father to yeah, hopefully I've, I've done my work in the story and they can start to see just how much he did care for despite his sickness and love his son. Yes. I mean, we have this in today's society. We see the alcoholics, we see the abusive parents, but what's made them tick? Do they actually love their children or do they just not know how to show love? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then would they come up into the older generation when their child's 16 to 20 years old and then they start to change because now they start regretting what they did back here. Mm -hmm. Well, it's when Raymond goes to college that his father really has to start to deal with the loneliness. Uh, yeah, the fact that his son is gone and he's he's who he's projected a lot of his issues onto, and now he's turned start start to turn some of it inward on himself. But he he really does love his son. It's he should have gotten help. It's it's untreated. He's, yeah. He should have gotten help. So uh, instead of getting the help, he just abused and attacked Raymond. And he has those scars that it takes him decades to heal and work through. I think a lot of us, we have parents that needed help back in the 80s and 70s, 60s, depending on which generation you're in. But we didn't have the help back then that we do now. So now everyone's getting help. Well, we all have these emotional scars that were given to us by our elders. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is through a book. And that's my hope with, uh, as I share at my, at my blog at chistel.com, uh, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com for your listeners. I, I share some of, some of, I cover different topics on my blog, but some of them through books, I know myself, I was at, avid passionate book reader when I was young and it is through some of the characters that I connected with deeply that it helps you to heal you because you're not it, you don't feel like you need to be defensive because the story is not about you but it might be about something similar to what you've gone through although my father was not did not suffer from alcoholism but it might be something similar to what you're going through and you can watch the character maybe work through it and it could help you well, as well. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're reading fiction, nonfiction, fantasy, whatever you're reading. Sometimes it takes reading a book to work through your own emotional distress. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes writing the book to work through your own emotion and distress. Doesn't mean you're going to publish the book, but it's a way to help heal yourself. That is, yeah, writing can be very cathartic. Whether it's a journal writing or, you know, writing in your diary or even painting, any type of creative arts mm-hmm. can, be, can be healing. But I think the readers, once they get into uh, the characters and connect with the characters and the, the plot at times is, 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 is very suspenseful and the pacing of the plot, it's, a, it's an entertaining, I think, satisfying read is the way I would describe it. You have, like I said, you have so many faucets on your stories that it takes you on a journey. And that's what a character is supposed to do is take you on an emotional journey. Maybe it's a true hero's journey if you're reading fantasy, but it's taking you places. You're learning about the character, but also you can also see the character in yourself. Interesting enough, <laughs> as a writer, yes, and you sound like a, 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 a interesting as a writer. As much as you writers try to keep themselves out of their stories, mm-hmm. you go back and you're like, "Oh my gosh, there's a little piece of me in this character, in something that happened." As much as you try to keep yourself out, and I've heard that about musicians. As much as they try to keep their mm-hmm. their own personal story out of. Um, those who write their own songs and, and not just strictly for commercialism, they find mm-hmm. those little snippets of themselves in the, the songs that they write. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what you're writing. I am my fantasy writer. I go back through, I'm like, oh my goodness, I was trying to not to put myself <laughs> in the book. <laughs> but you know, it happens. You put yourself there because you're feeling whatever you're feeling in the moment that you're writing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're writing a poem, a song, a book, a journal entry, you're putting yourself, your feelings into that section. That's true. And, and, and the more I feel, the more deeply I feel connected to my characters. Like when I start a new, a new book, if I don't feel the emotional connection, I know I have to stop and keep working on a character. And if I still struggle to feel that connection i know maybe the story is not the story when i'm the more the more emotionally involved in the story mm-hmm. the reader actually readers actually love the story when i feel that emotional connection see me i wrote the first book my very first book i put out for my daughter she gave me the topics and i was not really emotionally attached to the book I am very emotionally attached to the series. <laughs> okay. Because now I have a character that w- came through at near the end of the story that just came ah. and I attached myself to her. Interesting. So, yeah. And now the whole series is taking on a whole different meaning from the first book. That is interesting. I've never written a series book. I always have written standalone, but I'm told that's a good way to uh, bring on, keep your current readers as you build your following or your audience mm-hmm. and then gain more, more readers because they want to know what's going, what's going to happen in the next book, what's going to happen to the next character. But at some point, friends of mine who write series books, some have gone as far as writing 15, 14 books in a series 
eventually they say it, this, it has, the story has to end mm -hmm. as much as the readers might not, not want it to. And that same thing happened with what JK Rowling with the Harry Potter series. Yeah. It's like this, it, this is the last book in the series. Mm -hmm. it, everything has to come to an end. This we know. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Everything comes to an end. But at the same time, when you're doing a series, I started out with, this is a standalone. Well, now I have to do a prequel. Now from, <laughs> yeah. So from the prequel now, I have two separate series. And I'm like, it, it's a little bit different when you're writing three series from the same story, but you're taking it into multiple levels and each character you're peeling back. So by the time you get to the first book that I wrote, it takes on a whole different meaning. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I pulled a Star Wars. Oh, see? And I, I, I wish you that Star Wars success. That is, that story is, oh my God, that's one of those stand the test of time. Just like yeah. the Harry Potter stories, they'll be around forever. Those stories will oh, yeah. just resonated with people so deeply. Uh, of course. I mean, we have Harry Potter. I enjoyed them when they were new in the theaters. My daughter's reading them now at 17. She's like, Mom, they need new ones. I'm like, well, they technically do have new ones. They're called Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, it, it all comes through, no matter what we want to end, the readers may inspire the author to write more. That's true. You never know. Have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. So what are you working on right now? I'm actually working on a, a several uh, books. God is Glory is a working title, and that's set in the 1940s. And I'm back in Chicago again, right around World War II in the 1940s. And she has just come up. Her, she and her mother are having a, they, they see each other. She lives with her mom. They have an estranged relationship due to her mother uh, dating these different men and her mother, you got to keep in mind in the 1940s, women back then, so her mother would have been born like around the 20s. Women thought, if I don't have a man in my life, I don't have a future. And that almost sounds so strange today, but that is the way it was. You, you could hardly get a job. You, I, I know I rarely, when I came up, saw, rarely saw women driving. It was the man driving, pumping the gas, and a woman was in the passenger seat. It's so different now, but in the 40s, so her mother is constantly trying to, a boyfriend, if she could get somebody to marry her, there's like, there's no other options. So she doesn't respect that in her mother as a little girl. And some of the men, they're just troubled. So they, they live together, but they have a strange relationship. So one of Gada's boyfriends, he's gone to Chicago and he really encourages her to come up there. She does. And when she gets there, she finds he also has another woman, which she is not going to put up with. But she's too far from home. She doesn't want to go back to Memphis. And so she thinks, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. She just starts to put the pieces together on her own. And due to, due to people that she meets by happenstance, she actually goes on to become a woman gangster. And she's involved 
in the numbers game, which is something that back in the 40s, even now, women don't do those things. Mm -hmm. So the story revolves around her, and she is one of the only ones to to make it out of the game. And I think she only does one uh, stint, a short stint. No, she doesn't. She never goes to jail. She, her history, she just the way she carries herself, and 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 law enforcement don't suspect that a woman would be doing what she's doing. So she is able to. I don't want to get a story away. Yeah. But that's that's got us going. What I'm working on again in the 1940s around World War II, and and she's in a in a numbers racket. And then I'm also I just started on this other book about. Uh, two weeks ago, I was watching a TV show, and I've 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 seen documentaries on this. Mm-hmm. It's going on right now around the globe, and I wanted to put more exposure on it. And also in America, and maybe every city in America. I know it's really bad in Atlanta, and I forget what the city out west is the number one city that they use to uh, bring people in for this. But it's sex slave trafficking, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's young women, young girls and women and uh, boys, but the predominantly girls and women. And as young as like 14, I don't know if that's the average age, but it's uh, under the radar. Nobody seems to know like that it's even going on. So that is a story that I'm uh, working on right now. And just to put more exposure around it. So people is like the movie Taken, that mm-hmm. stuff really that stuff really happens. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't we don't we don't even no, think about we it. Get, we get so caught up on the currently the COVID. Uh, we get co- so caught up on cases like George Floyd and case of civil war rights. We don't get caught up on the things that we should be because it's affecting our children. We're not putting a light on the sex trade we're not putting lights on the kidnappings. We're not putting light on the disappearances of these children. No, and it again, it goes on, uh, hopefully soon, I would hope, you'll see more commercials or something. If not a commercial, like a, not a commercial to buy something, but a informative commercial, like what they used to do with the tobacco, when they first took on the tobacco companies to show the dangers of smoking cigarettes, to, to put more light on it. And like, I know in Atlanta in the airport, people have told me they have signs up, you know, don't talk to strangers. If somebody approaches you, mm-hmm. uh, call this number because it's that bad in, in, in Atlanta. But I forget the city out West where they, the, the dominant city where people come in and it's people from other countries are involved, but it's global. It goes on all over mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. And what people don't realize, a lot of the times when you see a sign, make $15 an hour, just call this number. That's a ticket to get someone here. They're trying to get certain ethnicities, certain races, certain whatever. And they want someone that's desperate enough that they're not Mm going to be missed. And that is... Yeah. When you're visible... They don't want you because the second you go missing, everyone's going to look for you. Yeah. Like if you're a celebrity, if you go missing, how many people are going to look for you in minutes, you know, mm-hmm. but the average person doesn't have the celebrity status. They want you because why? 
you have maybe 10 people in your family that's going to miss you. And, and that's a good point, but modeling, that's, a, that's another one. That's a modeling opportunities. They might tell you, uh, cause they're trying to attract the young girl. Uh, you know, you have modeling opportunities. That's a, that's one or to get into acting something that they think a person at age would be interested in and, uh, and dog walking. And, there you go. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard about one that was dog walker, uh, post. Who doesn't like dogs? Let's go babysit ah. a dog or go walk a dog. Everyone loves animals. This is true. And that's why so, you have to be careful and, and teach your, your children. Most of it, actually, the recruiting mm -hmm. is, done is done online. Oh, yes. A lot of this, we see this in social media. We see this on every, let's see, Pogo. Here's a true story for you. When I was 17, I was on po the site Pogo. I was talking to someone. I will um, give you a plane ticket to, I think it was California. Now, right at the same time, I'm not, not getting on the plane at 17. But um, at the same time, my best friend was in the hospital. So mm -hmm. I disappeared for three days. Okay. I took my car, which was in my mother's name. And I started driving to my friend who's in the hospital. And at the same time, they're going through my Pogo side, who I'm talking to. Ah. And they find, the guy actually did send the plane ticket where I could pick it up at the airport. And I never did. Um, I didn't know he actually did it. And I wasn't really too worried about it because I wasn't getting on the plane. Right. But they tracked him down. He was wanted in six counties for oh my God. Uh, for trafficking and adoption and some other things. Wow. Yeah. So that that's me. That's a personal story. That actually happened. If I would have wow. got on that plane, who knows where I'd be right now? If I would even be alive. Wow. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad they caught him and hopefully um, yeah. he's not it, able to do that anymore. Because of my Pogo site that he was caught. Yeah. That could be a blessing for a whole lot of other girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, that could be a blessing for a whole lot of girls that, that, that could have yeah. been stopped. But so that's what that story is. To um, I know when I first got here uh, where I'm at in the East Coast, that was one of the things coming from Atlanta, I wanted to get involved with was helping. And I mean, small cities, you wouldn't think it was going on. Just like with the Jeffrey Epstein story, mm -hmm. you who would think that a billionaire was doing that? Mm -hmm. who, who's, who's so connected mm -hmm. to people yeah. in the royal family, people in politics, and you wouldn't, who would think that this guy, he was very connected. You would think, mm -hmm. oh, no, 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 somebody, like that would not be involved in that and uh, yeah. that he was. How many celebrities are connected to this now? How many politicians, how many actresses, how many, you know, these are very connected people. These are very rich people. Why are they connected to this? You don't think about this, but there's a bigger picture there. And troubling. So hopefully, you know, as, as more people do put exposure on it, mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it 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 makes it you can't keep it hidden as much. Ho no. Hopefully, hopefully. No. 
I seen a post today on one of the social media sites. They can't take down the child por pornography, you know, they don't know how, but yet we put a, a post on social media about um, some prescription for COVID and they take it down within 30 seconds. Well, if you can I take know. it down for this, why can't you take it down for that? What you're saying is, I don't want to take it down because I support this. And this is tactically saying, I support this, so I'm not taking it down. Yeah, that's not, that's not yeah. That's, that's not, not good. good. Mm -hmm. But it's the truth. If, when we have this out there, we have to shine a light on it. If you're not taking it down, then you're supporting it. If you're supporting it, then your whole thing needs to be shut down. I'm sorry. But yes. we cannot support taking our children and selling them. We cannot support taking our children and using them in sex lives. We cannot support this. Oh, no. No. Yeah, they should shut all those sites down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and some of the some of the recruiters they go through legit, a seemingly legit areas or pose as a little kid or, mm -hmm. but yeah, and I know the go uh, government agencies do stop a lot of them and, yeah. but it it and and I also think parents too t teaching their kids about online safety that's mm -hmm. a big part of it because you don't want your child to think you know when kids are preteens or they just just turned a teenager and you remember when you were first a teenager you think you know everything mm -hmm. you just know it all and your your mom is dumb and your father is dumb and they just old people and they just not with it anymore so you have to educate your kids so they don't tell you i'm going over my friend's house mm -hmm. but they're going to meet somebody at the mall or you have to educate your kids so they yeah. they know I'm, all I'm very thankful my 17 year old if she wants to go somewhere, mommy, can you drive me here? Because, ah. yeah, my daughter doesn't drive. So I'm very thankful for that. At the same time, if she, something's on her Instagram or, sorry, whatever account that she's working on, someone asked her to show them her breast. I'm like, okay, let me step back for a second. What did you do? She was like, after I cut cussed them out I blocked them and then I report him like okay so I don't need to go into that whole thing right. like, you need to shut that stuff no she already took care of it because she knows that's wrong good for her mm -hmm. and good for you <laughs> yeah mommy mode says once you jump in go raw but I <laughs> me being me I take his breath take mm -hmm. step back because I know my daughter what did you do before I take care of it? Right. So but where can our listeners and viewers find you? You can find me online and I encourage you to visit me at Chistel, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. Again, that's C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter DT, at DT Writers. The, those are, and I'm on Instagram, but I'm mainly on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And you can just look for Denise Turney and any of my books. You can just do Denise Turney, um, Long Walk Up, my podcast off the shelf, and I should come up uh, near the top. I would love for you to get copies of my books and let me know how you 
enjoy the stories. I will try to. I also I have very limited time anymore to read, <laughs> but you know my my to be read shelf keeps stacking up 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 up, and my oh I cannot yeah yeah any re avid reader has a to be read book, and then yes. the new books come out and that just gets added on to it. But thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. And for our listeners and our viewers, happy reading. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye.